Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the official GAR Capital Podcast, live in Las Vegas. I know it's a little later than usual, but we just left a great options trading seminar talking about investing and trading and charting and options. Awesome stuff. Uh, We posted on uh, Instagram, the Nigerian Brothers. Very, very cool stuff. Um, It's called Market Rebellion. What is it called? Market Rebellion? Market Market Rebellion. That's right. Great stuff uh, here in Vegas with our VPs of options. Nick, the Giacomo in the house. Say what's up. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up, everybody? And then we got Juanito in the house, VP of options trading. Juan Gomez. How's everyone doing? All right. So this podcast, again, I know you like it because it's short and sweet. Uh, we don't kind of bore you with a bunch of stuff. So we're going to talk about the markets and kind of get these guys' opinions. We'll start that off. Um, funny enough, I was bearish last week but it only took price action to convert me so we actually had a really great week in our trading so um a couple of things here and there uh what moved the market monday and tuesday very sharp sell-off we saw it was a thousand points in two days in the dow um looked like just almost capitulation you saw very very sharp volume spikes to the downside and then it kind of bottomed out kind of bottomed out uh right around on this is uh es e-mini futures my favorite around 2875 we got as low as 2855 we tapped that and now we close guys 100 handles at 2950 we caught that wave to the upside i traded some uh some spoos which is e-mini futures i caught some amazon with nick awesome uh juan caught some netflix he caught some apple um i caught some tech today i caught some some uh spy today too so just great all the rounds. And we also had Tesla that we shorted because they uh, missed on the deliveries report for the, uh, the month. We shorted Tesla on, on Thursday. Nice. Remember the puts? Yeah. So that's what we had. Again, um, we have a little more to kind of get back to where we were pre-October, which is right around 3,000. So again, I want you guys to have a level on E-mini Futures. That's forward slash ES. 2961 is my level. If we break that 2961 level, I think we can go long to 3,000. Uh, that means on SPY, you can get in. Uh, if you're looking at SPY right now, that would be 298, 298, 299 level. Uh, so again, I would target 298. Um, if you're looking at SPY, 295 would be great to look into. Uh, so again, just a quick heads up there. Um, with that being said, again, the same stuff over and over. Impeachment. Now it's impeachment. We didn't talk about that. Fed. We talked about the Fed. The Fed has our back. Now they're doing reverse repos, meaning they're adding liquidity to the market. So QE has started. Just quantitative easing. We talked about this before. Government buying bonds in order to bring down interest rates, which provides more cash to everybody at a cheaper rate. Right now, it's a great time to refinance your home. It gives you a chance to go on vacation. It gives you a chance to build uh, some more in your home. Fix it up appliances, whatever. But again, it is giving everyone an opportunity to spend more, which is 70% of our economy. It's a consumer spending. So that's where we are right now. I mean, at at this point, uh, as long as the Fed props us up, you almost have to stay bullish here. I mean, until otherwise, I know everyone's asked about a recession, but who who cares about tomorrow? We got to make money today. So again, unless we're talking investing, which I tell you, buy and hold. Other than that, we're talking about trading now. So again, that's where we are. So, um, that we got the introductions out. I'm going to go ahead and let Nick speak for a little bit and kind of see what he saw for the day, uh, for the week, something that stood out to him. Uh, he's going to sit in front of the computer here and start talking, and then we're going to get Juan on the line too. Well, you're in person, and we're going to talk about what we're seeing too. So, Nick, here you go. First time on the podcast, Nick, 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, happy to be here with you all. Um, so this week, you know, everybody was really overly bearish. Um, I think that, you know, once we saw that big sell, I think it was on Wednesday, you know, we had some bad data, bad economic data, but as soon as we get this this data in, the you know, every, the we had the, P, we had, uh, the, the, ISM. the ISM on Wednesday, I believe. ISM that was actually in contraction for lowest, the lowest uh, ISM manufacturing reading since September of 2009, which I believe was on 46. Anything below 50, guys, is a contraction. Anything below, above 50 is an expansion. So again, it spooked the markets. It gave the markets a reason to sell. Again, you almost never need a reason to sell, but you always need a reason to buy. Exactly. So you, you mean, you can see on Wednesday we gapped down. I mean, we had a, some nice pressure here. And then Thursday, we saw some, some relief, you know, ahead of... Uh, the uh, non-ism at 10 so you you remember on thursday we, uh, yeah the non-ism non-manufacturing ism non yeah exactly uh -huh. so we gapped up we were green futures were green but you noticed if you were paying attention to the individual names that everything was flat so even though futures were green nothing was everything was basically flat or slightly red so a lot of the times that's kind of a signal to be weary right so i noted that and then of course 10 a.m comes around and ISM, we had the, the that number come out, which wasn't good, and we we saw a little bit of another uh, push down, right? But then we bounced, we bounced, and it was a total reversal. And as soon as we got that bounce, I knew that we were going to push up, and I was bullish, and I, we played it very very well. We caught the upside and the downside uh, that day, but we rode calls up all the way. And actually, today I told Carlos that. My target for today was 29.30. I said this yesterday. And um, we hit 29.30, and then we actually pushed up towards the end of the day. We got a nice, nice short squeeze right back up to 29.50. So very impressive close. And now, next week, all eyes on China, right? So you guys know that uh, we're going to be having some talks with China, and uh, we got to see where that goes. But as of right now, we have a beautiful V-shaped recovery here on SPY and basically across the board. So... Again, just to reiterate, a lot of the times when you get this data and people become overly pessimistic, right? When everybody's really pessimistic, what happens? Usually you get the opposite, right? Because if it was that easy, we'd all be rich, right? If everybody is bearish, typically it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to be, the way you think it's going to be. And so you got to watch and wait for that pivot once we reclaimed 29.95 it was on you know we broke out and look where we are now so i'm gonna let juan take over and uh juan's gonna give a little update on his trades for the week and uh, i'll leave it here hey how's everyone do doing um all right ladies and gentlemen so uh, basically my main two things for this week uh my main one actually was Netflix. Uh, Netflix has been a stock that has been really beaten down. I've been looking at it. I've been, uh, you know, I feel like everyone's getting really fearful because they see all these other services coming in. We got Disney coming in with their service pretty soon. Apple is also joining in the war. And another one that is pretty interesting that just came out not too long ago was that Comcast is also doing their own thing. Um, okay. So a lot of people think like, wow, if that's going to happen, then, you know, it's probably going to drive Netflix out of the picture. And I actually don't think that way. I feel like Netflix might just become like, you know, kind of the base service. I don't I haven't really heard anybody say, no, I'm going to cancel just because 
these other services are coming in. I feel like now is when the market might even start coming up even stronger as far as the streaming services. So we might even get somebody that, you know, they will keep Netflix and they might want to add Apple because they see some shows that they might see there or Disney because, you know, they want to get all the Marvel exclusives, right? So, okay, that's just a fundamental analysis on the stock. Uh, technically, technically wise, um, again, it's really bidding down and now it's getting that, that bottom. So if you're an investor, this is a perfect point for you to say, you know what, this could be getting out of that bottom. Now I want to buy here and hold it for a long term. You might be able to get all the way back to 300 easily. So that's about a, right now we're 272. So that, that's a 20 buck um, upside on Netflix, just holding on to it goes back to normal levels. So really nice play like that. Um, obviously, option wise, you know, trading wise, um, we have to watch it. We have to see how it goes, but definitely calls are on the table. And again, if the whole economy continues with, with this uh, whole uh, strong bounce to the upside, this rally, it might be very, it might be just very easy to trade it in that sense. Just continue buying calls. You know, we will continue to watch the um, the movement, but that's pretty much the main thing. Um, Apple was another one that I played. Uh, very interesting trade, and you know, I played it with a, with a few of my students. They saw it. They saw we pretty much saw the top, and it made a very interesting interesting top in the way that you know it went really high and then sold off so i said right away after that we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get a little bit of sell-off it always happens you know we we reach new highs on something and right there the, the the selling pressure comes in and it drives it down obviously it doesn't mean that the stock is gonna go down it's just it's momentarily okay so it was a very quick trade it was basically a gap down we played it we got 100 percent on it and that's it we got out and again some other traders came in uh, some of my students also continued and played to the upside again and they also make money so apple to me was a great trade also this week you know we played to the both sides we played to the downside and to the upside um <coughs> uh as far as anything else um uh, spy definitely on the watch we gotta see how we continue we continue this ball run i do feel like we have we're getting close to to new highs uh sometime soon maybe if not this the following week the, the week after that we definitely gotta see it um, lots of news coming in, so just watch for that. Uh, that's pretty much my recap. I'm gonna go ahead and hand it off to Carlos so he could do uh, the closing remark. Nick, Nick's got something to say. Nick is actually very excited to say something. What's up? <laughs> I just wanted to say to all you guys, listen, just remember this. When you have a technical break and a catalyst, those are the best trades. And I wanna give you an example of one this week before I forget. So Tesla we played this week. We usually never signal Tesla just because it's a, it's kind of, it's a wacky stock, but it broke support. Okay, we saw, we had a confirmation of a break of support and what was the catalyst? Uh, if you remember, Elon sent some delivery numbers last week and it popped, right? We had a nice rally. He basically leaked some numbers basically saying they were gonna meet 100,000. They were gonna meet or beat their, their expectations. So the numbers came in a little bit under that, I think in the 90s. Anyway, they missed, right? What happens? That's your catalyst, break of support, money. And then the uh, short sellers, uh, the people who are short, cover their positions, which may not go back up. Remember, just like anything else, guys, we talked about this before on the podcast and some of our students too, that when you actually have selling pressure or bullish pressure at the end of the day, there's always two sides of the coin. Someone's either long or short. If you are short a stock, in order to close your position, you have to buy. If you are long, in order to close your position, you have to sell. So if you have a lot of people doing this at once and they close their short position on Tesla, even though it's down 6%, you're like, why is it going back up? More times than not, it's a covering, short covering, 
rally. It's a short covering. That's it. Doesn't mean the fundamentals have changed. Does not mean the technicals have changed or your bias has changed. Again, it just means it's short covering. And to the other side, a short squeeze where the shorts or short the market, they actually want to close their positions as well. And they all do at the same time. You can get a rally too. It's called a squeeze. And then obviously you have the bottoms where the people who are actually long taking their profits they have to sell creates a a selling pressure to the downside. Again, that's why it's very important to look at volume, good old-fashioned volume. Big volume spikes is the key. That's what the fun is. Have you noticed when there's trading, where's the biggest volume? 9.30 a.m., market open, all those orders from international and people who are trying to get back in in the market right at the open, huge waves of volume unless it's a holiday or something. And then right at 3.30, or what we call three o'clock to four o'clock, power hour, tons of volume comes in. So how about this? If you decided to just trade stocks, let's just not forget options for a second. If you decided just to trade on volume time, 9.30 to 10.30 and three o'clock to four o'clock, you get a lot of opportunities. You just have to be very quick with it. I don't recommend to those who are working a full-time job and not in front of the screen, Again, if you can get yourself some time to do that, you can see a lot of opportunities there. But again, just be very careful. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and now answer some questions on Instagram. So I'm going to take over here. Got tons. Love you guys' feedback here. Going to answer some questions. So let's go ahead and begin. I'm going to go ahead and read them. If I could just pull it up. I'm going to read the questions and answer portion. Oh, Lord, where are we at? If I can just get it up. Here, oh, okay, my Wi-Fi is down. Of course it is. I'm trying to get on this phone because Instagram on the on the computer is terrible. Okay, great. Uh, waiting, excuse me, sorry guys, it's taking a little bit. Uh, my 5G signal on, on AT&T, which is not really 5G, is going very slow. Okay, so let's answer some questions here. Uh, Eli, Eli Bala asks, what do you think about QSR's upcoming earnings? I don't know that stock, so I'm going to go and bring it up. Uh, this is Restaurant Brands International. Uh, let's see, the last time they did report, I'm going to go and pull up a daily chart. Last time they reported, we did fall slightly all the way down from about 78 to 72. I do not know exactly about QSR, but it is sitting on the daily at the 100. So... I don't like playing earnings on stocks I do not know. I don't know your position on it. If you're holding the stock, maybe, just maybe, buy some puts against it to prevent any kind of downside risk. That'd be your bet. But again, this kind of question, what do I think about QSR earnings? It could be anything. You know, We don't know. You can always get surprises. I really like Costco, and Costco actually missed on EPS. It fell after hours. It was down in the morning and soared in the afternoon. So... When it comes to earnings, guys, be very, very careful. Uh, jealous Jean Louise Ricard asks, why options, not stocks? Well, we do both. I own stocks. So this is the, anal- the analogy I told our students and our members. And it's going to be a little crude, but again, forgive me to all the ladies out there. I date my stocks. I don't marry them. I date my stocks, but I have one night stands with my options. Options are like Tinder dates. Let me get what I want. I'm not going to get crude. Let me get what I want, and I want you out the door. Don't call me. Don't look at me. Don't message me. Don't DM me. 
I got what I wanted, my profit, get out of my face. Don't call me, I'll call you. But my stocks I date. My stocks I wine and dine, which is my research. My stocks I take care of. I date my stocks. I buy flowers. I add more money if I want to buy lower levels. I go through the arguments. I go through the crap, right? I don't marry them. I just date them. So again, I have both. But options give us the quickest money, but the higher risk. Stocks give your portfolio a long-term wealth growth. To me, still, owning stocks, the stock market is still the greatest generator of wealth in this country. I may get some pushback from real estate guys, but there you go. Hope you guys like that answer. Uh, C.S. Abby, C. Sabby asks, will there be a recession soon? I probably get that question too many times a day. Let me make this, let me ask you this question. Do you, is that asking me, here's my question. Here's the question I, I'm going to pose like this. Do you think it's going to rain? Um, yeah, I don't know when, but it's going to rain. So what do you say? How do you prepare for it? Well, I don't walk out the door with an umbrella every day. I don't, I don't, that's, I think that's kind of silly, but I have an umbrella in my office and I have an umbrella at home. So if it does rain, I have an umbrella. What is an umbrella? Your hedges, gold, volatility, uh, the VIX, um, silver, bonds, defensive names, like I keep talking ad nauseum, consumer staples, utilities, real estate, that's my umbrella. Do I need it every day? No. Do I just wait for the rain? Do I just hope for rain? No, but it's going to rain. The question is when? And your forecast for the weather, which they usually get wrong, is what? Indicators. ISM manufacturing down, consumer spending down, the stock market being down. That's your forecast. Okay, uh, next question. Felipe Amador asks, any other cryptos you would recommend buying or holding not including BTC, XRP, or XVG? No, all I hold is Bitcoin. And that's all I want to hold. Uh, and I also own some Litecoin because my accountant said to buy some. So, and I trust my accountant. I don't have any research to back that. I apologize. But for the, just for the, uh, for the record... I own some Litecoin, but Bitcoin is my largest position. Uh, Lena asks, she has a lot of questions. She's one of our students. With some recent dividend increases, what are other companies are likely to follow? Very cash flow heavy companies. J&J, Microsoft, Apple. These guys have a lot of cash in their balance sheet. You can literally Google companies with largest cash balance sheets. The only one that's not going to give you a dividend is two companies, Amazon and of course, Google, well, Facebook too. Fine, three, those tech companies. They refuse to give a dividend because they'd rather do merger and acquisitions and stock, buy back stock, which is their prerogative. They can do what they like. But again, that's just exactly those games. And I think we're gonna get some dividend increases. Uh, they may not have to be as quick because you have uh, interest rates being so low and they could borrow uh, so cheaply. Uh, next question from Lena. What is your biggest takeaway from anything Mr. Wonderful said at this conference? Uh, well, we had day one. Mr. Wonderful is Kevin O'Leary. He's a great guy, very funny guy. I would say the best thing that he said today is that he actually went, he went short Yahoo. And I think he shorted at 27 bucks. The stock went, and this is in the 90s, late 90s, uh, late 90s, yeah. yeah. The stock went all the way up to 270 bucks. He had to keep adding collateral. He had all his net worth in this Yahoo short position. And it taught him a lot lesson. He didn't close. It came back down to 12 bucks. He basically made broke nothing. Even. Broke it broke even. even basically. And he said that was the best lesson that he got. 
years. Three years he held that thing. Three years he held a Yahoo short position, meaning he short sold it. And again, I don't short sell stocks because you have unlimited losses and very capped gains. So again, I thought that just stood out to me because for him to be so frank about his losses, and that's very, very uh, uh, intimate to people. I mean, I don't know if you ever messed up before in your life. Uh, if you ever fallen down and over, you ever seen it or said something really stupid or lost money, or maybe you got scammed out of something or you messed up in any way, you're really not going to tell people that you got got. No one likes to look bad. And I love that story from him because it was very honest. Um, the next one we have here is um, what everything that's happening, how well does technology sector hold up? Very interesting enough, the SMH, which is the sector, um, the semiconductor sector, they're actually, what, 2% off all-time highs? They're doing pretty well. It's not terrible. And then Apple just uh, had a, a, a increase in orders from the new iPhone 10%. 11 Pro, 10% more. So that's a good sign. Again, tech is holding up. They get a lot of cash. I mean, the thing is that valuations, that's the only thing people are worried about. Valuations, oh my God, what am I paying for the multiple? They make money, they're profitable. That's the key. I think tech is still the best way to go for aggressive growth. But again, if you are worried about um, drawdowns, 20% drawdowns, you need to stay away from tech, take some profits if you like. Uh, can you please explain in layman terms what a put or a call and a call is? A call is that you're basically, I'm going to say, well, might as well, I'm in Vegas, right? It's gambling. Here we go. Call is that you're betting, you're betting that this stock is going to go up. That's a call. And a put is basically you're betting that the stock is going to go down, but in contract form. That's, that's basically it. Um, there's a YouTube video that we have called Water Stock Options Explained. It's a 10-minute video. Uh, I'll be more than happy to send it to you. So shoot me a DM, Mike M602, or anyone else on Instagram. I'll be more than happy to send you that 10-minute video. It's a quick explanation on options very quickly, um, and you'll love it. I have a great analogy with real estate on it. Uh, 710 Tic Tac Crew asks, do you think gold will continue to go up in a value uh, when we get a trade deal with China? No, gold will pull back if, we get a, if, we, if and when we get a trade deal with China. Yes, you'll get an initial pullback. But gold is a hedge against the Federal Reserve. Again, cutting rates, which equals the dollar being weaker. So gold is your protection. It's like Geico insurance from a crazy Fed that keeps pumping out dollars. Think about that. That's basically what it means. I own gold. Top five or 10 REITs. I don't know any REITs offhand. Again, I don't, I don't trade them. But again, when it comes to REITs, you have to do your own research. I can't just do top five right now. It's just time constraints. But again, feel free to Google. Um, if you go to TD Ameritrade, you can take a look at their funds and you go to REITs. You have to read those prospectuses. Remember, past performance does not indicate future, uh, future gains. So it's really up to you to start looking at what do you think is, in a sense, growing at a consistent rate? Always look 10 years back for good returns. Uh, Pura Vida asks, what is your number one source for price prediction? What tools one must use? Price. Price is your indicator. Your eyes are your indicator. Again, you're going to ride the wave. The stock goes up. What are you going to do? You're going to ride the wave with it. Don't be contrarian. Don't be cute. Oh, look, it's right there at resistance. It's going to fall. No, wait for the fall first. I'd rather not be, I'd rather be third or fourth to the party and have more of a verification and confirmation than be first one out and make a little more. Again, it's all about managing risks. 
Uh, Fran, Fran Pinaccio. I'm going to butcher that. What is your take on Costco and Disney? Love them both. I own Disney. I do not own Costco. I think Costco is one of the better retailer companies to own. I think there's a lot more expansion left. Disney, Disney Plus is going to be great. Only thing I worry about Disney, keep in mind, the new Star Wars, I have a feeling is going to disappoint. And I'm a Star Wars fan. I went to uh, Disney World uh, last two weeks and I went to Star Wars Land. It was very underwhelming. If you are going there and you're flying from somewhere to go visit, prepare to be disappointed. If you're a Florida resident and you go there all the time like me, I loved it personally. But again, if you're spending all this money going to the resort and you're flying into there, you're not going to have that much of a good time. It's, it, I think it still has a little more to go in expansion. There's one more ride that hasn't been built yet. Uh, I Def Jammy. How do you determine the length of the option? Sometimes it expires before my exit strategy. Well, you can always roll it. You can do a rolling order and execute for the next week. But that can just cost you money. Very, 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 you need to be very careful. So have a little more experience to do that. If anything, if you're wrong, sometimes it expires before your exit strategy. Take the L and you move on. Uh, hence, I ask, how much money should realistically start when getting into options? 5000 minimum is my recommendation. Oh, excuse me, I had to sneeze. I def jammy asks, how do you determine OTM versus ITM options? If you're in the money, you're basically capping how much you can make. You're probably not going to make as much. Out of the money, you get more of a velocity to the upside. So again, quicker money, more chance to make money. I'll make a comparison. If you're playing roulette, if you put out of the money is like putting a chip on a number and in the money is like putting a chip on red or black. What are the better odds? In the money. What's the better payout? The number. Uh, who's Jacob asks, speaking as a newbie, should I learn how to trade options or first learn how to base the market? Well, that's one and the same. It's like saying, hey, should I learn to ride a bike or should I learn to ride a tricycle? Well, you're going to have to learn how to ride a tricycle. You need the training wheels first before you ride a bike. So again, first learn the base of the market, then learn options. But you'll learn both if you take our class. We'll teach it all. I've taught students from the beginning. Uh, Nick, our VP, they had no idea what options were. Stock market uh, idea was very limited. He learned it. He mastered it. Now he works for the company. Same thing with Juan. Juan had a little more uh, insight. But again, he hit the ground running. I've had a student before ask me, what's a stock? We could teach you. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, who's Jacob? When trading stocks, when do you decide when to sell? When you're up. That's when your trading plan comes in. We like 40% rule. It just gives us a nice round number. 40% is a number I like for our signals. But there's sometimes, guys, I hold a little longer. Let the winners run. That's what I do. So again, that's really based on what your goals are. Pacer Gill asks, what do you think long-term hold Philip Morris and Altria. I like Altria, which is M. Uh, actually, I like Altria and Philip Morris for their dividend, but all this jewel stuff and issues with vape, they just invested in it. I'd be very careful. You're going to get a lot of volatility. If you just want the dividend, go for it. Own it. When is the perfect moment to buy an option? There is no perfect moment. When you're, it always goes by this, like a flow chart. You research, you aim, you execute, and you profit. That's exactly what you got to do. Research first exactly what you want to do. Focus. Look at exactly what you want to buy. Look at a couple stocks. First, master two. Two different tickers where, you know what? A, spies and cues. That's all I'm going to trade. Spies and cues. And then when my, when my alert hits or my, I get a break and I see the price going where I want, that's the perfect time to buy. Again, that's really on you. The question is, when do you sell? That's really up to you. 
There's no such thing as fast money. But if I want to double 50 to 100K ASAP, ASAP, where am I looking, looking at? Casino. <laughs> There's no such thing as fit, I want to double 50 to 100K ASAP. That's already the bad mindset. That's a gambling mindset. You're not going to double your money without insane risk. For that, put it on red in Vegas. I know I've said a lot of Vegas analogies, but here I am. How do you feel? How do you think this impeachment hearing will affect China trade deal? German boy asks. I don't think it affects it at all. I think China is already kind of dug in their heels. They're going to meet with the president and his cabinet or his people next week. Let's see what they say. I don't think we get a trade deal by the end of the year. But take a look at the polls next year in 2020. The president's not going to be impeached. Let's just be completely honest. The Senate's not going to prove that. We'll get an impeachment in the House. Big deal. Clinton had that. Nixon had that. Andrew Johnson had that. That's Civil War time. So it doesn't really matter. Again, it'll be in the history books, maybe. That makes you feel better at night, fine. But it's not going to be approved by the Senate, so it's all a mute point. So don't even sweat it. He's not going to be impeached. He's going to run for re-election, unless something catastrophic happens. But again, at the end of the day, you're not going to get a deal from the president unless his back is to the wall, which sounds like the stock market going down. How do you guys handle risk when we're entering a trade? Very simple. Have defined risks. Exactly the number in your head, the number written down on your plan. This is exactly what I want to risk. This is exactly what I want to profit. You have to know your pain threshold. How do you feel if you lost $100 today? Would you be pissed off? Then that's your number that you shouldn't be above. You shouldn't even be close to that number. $50, $500, everyone's different. Find your pain threshold. Uh, Next one. Why is spy so high when there's negative news on tech manufacturing and slow growth? Again, we talked about that earlier. You had a capitulation where everything was basically oversold. And then you had everyone who was short close their positions. We had a squeeze. We had everyone cover their positions. We came back up. Nice little rally. Again, we had a jobs report that didn't that that missed slightly, but July uh, August revisions were up, so it was actually better than expected in August, which is a really great sign. So again, there was some good stuff there. So again, at the end of the day, sometimes buyers get exhausted, and again, you just ride the trend up. So far, the United States is still the best place on planet Earth to invest. I don't care what anyone else says. And the last one, uh, it's Kyoki asks, lack of liquidity repo rates, future QE, and the race to zero rates and stagflation. I don't know if that's a question or it's a comment, but we do have lack of liquidity. The Fed is fixing it. We do have QE right now. And the race to zero rates, we will get zero rates probably. And stagflation, we have very low inflation, but growth is very st- what, 3%, 2%? Without government spending, it'd be zero. Uh, maybe 1%. But it's not really a question. But again, I agree with some of your sentiment. But that's where we are. So great questions, guys. I appreciate everyone's time today. Big shout out to Nick. Big shout out to Juan. Thank you so much for hanging out. Um, cheers from beautiful Las Vegas. Back on it Monday. Talking markets, as always. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. And I hope everyone has a great rest of your weekend. We'll catch you guys soon.